Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome to all of you. I am awfully glad to be back. You may have noticed, if you pay any attention to me at all, and maybe this is just hubris that I think anybody's going to have noticed, but if you did notice, I didn't put out an episode last week. I'm sorry. It's been a real journey through some seriously bad sickness and luck lately, and I just couldn't find it in my voice or in my time to manage to do one. And for that, I do apologize. Please forgive me. Aroha mai. Um, I'm only just been well enough today and decided last minute to give it a go, stringing words together. So the topic for this week was also decided last minute. I actually went with a listener request that came in a fair while ago, um, which is the NZ staple food, the almighty kumara. Uh, but before I do that, I just need to do a tiny wee quick bit of news. So we'll be back. News Nuggets It was a while ago, but I didn't get to mention it yet, and I'm really excited about it. Bird of the Year was the yellow-eyed penguin! The one I voted for, and I'm really, really excited for that, because it really needs the attention. It really needs the extra help, and... I am stoked that it's going to get a bit of that. Lots of extra attention. Um, lots of people donated. Um, and that is all amazing news. So, yay! Go the little yellow-eyed and may you grow in population numbers because you really need to. Go get breeding! Treasures from the vault. Okay, so... Kumara. And just to clarify, we're talking about Kumara the food, not the town. The small town of Kumara on the west coast of the South Island interestingly does not grow any and is more well known for being one of the chief gold mining centres in the gold rush and having the west coast wilderness trail cycleway running through it as people travel from Greymouth to Ross. All Nothing to do with today's topic, just thought I'd add that in there. Kumara spelt K-U with a little hyphen over the top, M-A-R-A. Sometimes also spelt K-U-M-E-R-A, the same thing, but generally speaking it's usually spelt with two A's, just so you know. Anyway, back to the food. A kumara is a type of sweet potato. Even though it is referred to as a type of potato, it is botanically very different from one. North America actually sometimes refers to them as yams, but yet again, yams are very different. The plant itself has heart-shaped leaves and trumpet-shaped flowers, but the part you eat is the bit underground, the long and tapered tuberous root. The roots come in different colours, depending on the variety of kumara that you're growing. On the outside, they can be yellow, or orange, or red, or brown, or purple, and beige. Its flesh underneath the skin ranges from beige through to white, pink, red, violet, yellow, orange, and 
purple. Very, very colourful vegetable. Each has subtly different flavours and textures, and ideally they're cooked a little differently, although my parents were never really that fussy about which one we had and how it was cooked. It was more about which one was on special, and they all taste good in with the roast anyway. Kumara has a long history in New Zealand, but it's changed over the years, and like Aotearoa's people, it was brought here on boats over the ocean. Early Māori settlers used a smaller-sized, white-skinned, kind of yellow flesh variety, different from what we commonly use today. And pointing, people are pointing to that as evidence of Māori's rather impressive cross-Pacific journeys. Because how did the Kumara, so similar in origin to other Pacific nations, get to New Zealand? Simple! They were incredible navigators of the ocean. And I'm excited to tell that story soon. I just want to make sure I do that story justice. Anyway, Māori were also impressive horticulturalists for the time and trained blackback seagulls to help take care of the kumara caterpillars, which, if they're left unchecked, can actually wipe out crops at speed, like almost overnight, because they hatch in thousands. So you got to watch that. Now we use like a larger kumara variety, um, evolved from South American strains, brought over on the whaling ships in the early 19th century. Um, New Zealand actually grows 24,000 tonnes of kumara annually and nearly all of that comes out of the Northland region. For those with a map of NZ or those looking at my logo, it's the tip of that North Island, the one that kind of shears off to the left hand side there. A black rot also tried to claim the Kumara in 1947, but thanks to Joe and Faye Gok, we now have a disease-free strain that they just gifted to the nation. Pretty sweet, right? Thanks guys. So, before I tell you about how to cook it, let's answer the question you may be thinking. Is it good for you or not? Can you eat it? So, here's a list of health benefits of Kumara and you decide. One, it rates as one of the most nutritious of all vegetables. It's a great source of antioxidants. It's virtually fat-free, a good source of dietary fiber, a good source of vitamin C, a source of beta-carotene, a form of like vitamin A, a source of vitamin E, and it's naturally gluten-free. So, you know, there's quite a few of you that just went, why am I not already eating this? I don't know. Join the train. So how do you make delicious food with this glorious tuber? Well, Māori used to cook the kumara in the hangi, which is a big underground oven which they would dig out, line with hot rocks, wrap the food in like flax and leaves, and they'd bury the food. They'd come back a few hours later to dig it up again and eat it. Um, like old school ovens. How incredible, right? Of course, we still have hungies today. And you, if you ever get the opportunity to try one, you have to. It's smoky and it's melt in the mouth. Delicious. Mainly now we do them on special occasions. And usually just at the marais. Um, marais are traditional Māori meeting houses. Um... But I have family that have dug one in the backyard before for a birthday. Although they wrapped everything in tin foil and like tin foil oven trays. Not really leaves. <laughs> but, you know, same kind of deal. Um, 
So for the standard way, for those who don't want to dig a hole every time we cook dinner, um, or you can pretty much do anything with kumara that you can do with potatoes. Roasts and chip and hash browns and like potato salads with kumara instead and cut it up in wedges and cover them in sour cream and sweet chili sauce. Yum! I'm practically drooling now. Basically here in New Zealand, kumara is a hugely popular, delicious alternative to potatoes available all year round and we do everything with it. In New Zealand, we actually have four main types that we grow. And so I'll tell you a little bit more about them. So we have the orange kumara or the Beauregard. Um, it has a rich orange flesh and it's one of the sweetest of the varieties. If you try that in a caramelized roast veggie salad, ugh, to die for. Uh, then there's the red kumara, the Owairaki. Uh, o Wairaka uh, is the most recognized kumara in New Zealand with its distinctive red skin and the creamy white firm textured flesh. It's actually the one in the picture of the logo of this episode so go check that out. Just slice that up with the skin on and bake that with red onions and you've got yourself mm, a corker of a meal. Um, then there's the gold kumara it has a golden skin, which is why it's named that, and a flesh that is also golden. And it's actually a sweeter taste than the red kumara. Um, and if you try that in like a creamy chicken curry kind of a deal, oh, you just, yeah, you your life will never be the same. Um, and then there's the Purple Dawn, which is a new variety of kumara bred by Plant and Food NZ. They have a purple skin and purple flesh. Now, they're not as sweet as the other varieties, so they go really well in like a roast kumara salad kind of deal. Um, just cover it in some salt and some herbs and stuff, and it, like that is a barbecue staple, mate. Um, so there you have it. Kumara. I really hope that you get your hands on some and give it a go. If you're looking for some good recipes, get in touch. I am happy to send you some. Um, or if you just want to call up and tell me about kumara that you've had in your lifetime and how you've had it and how you love it, um, I would also love to hear that story. So, uh, yeah, kumara, sweet as. Well, it's been a time, my gems. Not only have I been so sick I felt like I was dying, but I've been on the flatmate hunt because one of my flatmates is coming up to the time of going to India for his arranged marriage. Now, I have known that since he moved in, and I'm super stoked for him. How exciting. We've been talking about it for a while. It's a bit of a process, you know, and him and his new wife will be moving into their own place when they come back. So there I was looking for a replacement and I found a replacement and I thought all was well when the other one announced he was going too, moving out with his girlfriend into a place of their own. 
and I only had two weeks to do that. So it was basically panic stations. Um, I had a week to find someone to move in and agree to start paying the rent because the rent paid in advance. So luckily for me, and unluckily for this new fella, I found a guy who's broken up with his girlfriend he was living with and needed to get out of there in a hurry. He's going to be sleeping at rough on the couch for a night or two and is super grateful about that. And I get to chill out and relax about like rather than stressing out about not having enough money to pay the rent so fuel close call but life is sorted i struggled through a couple of bank eggs this weekend acting my little hiney off to make sure that i still sparkled and charmed the audience and the bar staff and made sure that we got given more dates next year because they were incredibly happy with us despite the fact that i was hiding in the toilet in the breaks just going i hate my life i hate my life i hate my life which is not true i love my life i just hated my life in that moment because i was so sick so anyway what a win they had no idea and pulled it out of my butt uh and i'm pretty happy about that and then i was like relaxing on sunday being feeling sorry for myself in front of some netflix and just eating some strawberries and some nice fresh bread and uh i found my tooth in my mouth yeah i slapped snapped my tooth while i was eating bread yep i'll i'll, I'll say that again i broke the whole side of my tooth off while eating the softest thing possible that I could have been. Fluffy, fresh white bread. I think it must have been actually fractured previously, and then the bread just sort of pulled it out, you know, like wiggled it out of my mouth, but it hurt. Not my mouth. My mouth was fine. I actually had no idea I'd broken my tooth. It hurt my bank account. Uh, I hate the dentist, like for so many reasons, but mostly it's the wallet thing, you know? Um, that and my jaw is actually still aching from the work done a few days ago on the tooth repair but at least the tooth repair is done that tooth is now basically just all filling because it fell out around the filling that was in the middle of it so they just kind of put more filling on the outside of it to I, I you know I don't know how that works but you know they charged me $243 for the pleasure of that so yay at least it's done. I'm looking forward to this weekend, though. Another band gig, which is sure to be epic, especially now that I've got my voice actually back. I'm looking forward to singing with a full voice. And another live D&D show with Diceratops, which is amazing. Mascara Stormfire rides again. And speaking of that, have you listened to the Diceratops podcast already to hear the last live show? It's out now. It has been for a while. And it's hilarious. I get the honor of playing with some really talented people. And sometimes, despite teeth breaking type incidents in my life, I just feel like this incredibly lucky lady to be able to do the things that I do. So sparkling weekend ahead. Also, I think in the distance, I spy some gems up next too. Ooh. Just gems. So I had a listener message recently from someone without anchor. Uh, shout out to Brooke from Richmond, Virginia. She wanted me to talk about Aotearoa, New Zealand's themed small towns. 
Um, she said some lovely things about the podcast and asked if I had a Patreon. Um, I have started work on your episode request, Brooke, and you'll see that soon, probably on the other side of Christmas, maybe, as I have a few special Christmas release treat plans in place. So as for Patreon, I'm undecided whether I should. Maybe other listeners who are podcasters can weigh in on that debate for me to do or not to do that is the question uh let me know what you do maybe um and speaking of other listeners when i opened up my voicemail in anchor the other day i found some real special treats waiting for me so let's start off with a brand new voice to jules from nz lucas here i hope you understand something of this my english is not that good yet I want to thank you because I really like your podcast. I found it because I'm planning to move to New Zealand next year. So I was looking to familiarize with the Kiwi accent and learn about your culture and history. Your podcast did that very well and I am also having so much fun. I can't wait to try the Marmite. Here it doesn't exist at all. And I'm looking forward for your next episode. Bye. Kia ora, Lucas. Honestly, I cannot speak a second language as well as you just did. So that's sweet as bro, kapai, or good stuff. I'm just thrilled that you're listening and using it to adjust to our crazy accent. I hope that you're also falling in love with New Zealand as you go. And I hope you really, really enjoy your time here when you get here. If you get to Wellington, look me up. That would be awesome. Next up is a couple of messages from the ever lovely and just makes my heart glow, Colin from Spike Pit RPG. Kiora Jules and oh my goodness, just finished listening to the episode with your your stories, your tales of romance, and I feel like you should have warned me first. I was just minding my own business, planting some bulbs for a customer. And uh, you started talking about weddings and things. Oh, my goodness. I'm terrible at weddings. They're so emotional. They get me every time. And, um, you know, the the heart-rending tale of, of your, your your dad's wedding and the talk of your, um, your mum, who's now passed, was just a bit too much for old Spike Pit. A lump in my throat. I didn't even I didn't even think I'd be able to leave this message, but wow. What, what are you trying to do to me, Jules? Come on. Hey, Jules. Just a quick get well soon message from me over here in the UK. Man, I heard you on Hindsightless on Joe's podcast with a call in. Woohoo! You sounded rough, so I... I hope you're feeling better. Take care. I'll catch you later. Ha <laughs> ha Colin. Got you with my sticky, sweet, heartfelt last episode. Life has its ups and downs, my friend. But some days make it all worthwhile. And thanks, Colin. I am feeling much better now. Still sick, but well on the mend compared to when I made that call into Hindsightless. I had to call. I needed to say what my favourite part about being a DM was. And what a stellar episode of Hindsightless that was too. Probably one of my favourites so far. 
If you're an RPG fan and you haven't checked that out already, then what on earth are you doing? My mate from Joey from the Pathfinder 2E podcast, Wheel or Woe, does this mean side project um, podcast talking about RPG and random life stuff. It's addictive and you must go listen. Also, go listen to Colin from Spike Pit, also another anchorite. Um, his podcast does talk about a bunch of different RPG stuff as well, and we all kind of end up calling into each other's shows. Is that incestuous? I'm not really sure. Um, let's not call it incestuous. It sounds a bit weird. Um, <laughs> but as always, Colin, great to hear from you. Uh, the last thing to do is to give you another must-listen NZ song. Seeing as I'm feeling like I'm rising up out of a dark patch, it's time for a feel-good sweet song about lifting your head up and leaving the bad behind you, you know? It's time for Bathe in the River by the Mount Ruskell Preservation Society, featuring the lead vocal talents of Holly Smith, and she's killer in this. The song has an interesting history, actually. The Mount Rascal Preservation Society was a supergroup, like, created specifically for the movie Number 2 soundtrack, the movie called Number 2, released in North America as Naming Number 2. Um, I don't know why you guys insist on calling our movies different things, you weirdos. Um, it's about a Fijian um, family matriarch trying to inspire some passion like back into her family by like calling on her large extended family to put on a feast where she would announce her successor to the family, you know. The song, um, the song Bathe in the River peaked at the number two spot on the New Zealand charts rather ironically um, and I still play it when I need to get like inspired to get moving so hopefully it inspires you to put the bad behind you and move forward too. As always if you enjoyed listening to me then reach out. I love hearing from people on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as well as like on Anchor and you can find me on all of those apps under Jules Bergeser. So J-U-L-Z-B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R. Come find me on any of those. And if you're feeling extra lovely because you feel sorry for me having been so zozoic, um, give me a review on the app of your choice. It helps me find new ears to make fall in love with New Zealand and all of its amazing silliness. Anyway, I think that's well enough chat from me. Time to save my voice and get into bed. Uh, a full day of work tomorrow and it is so late here. So good night everyone. Po marie, aroha nui, kakite ano, and mwah, big smoochy kisses from me. Bye bye. Enjoy the song. <laughs>